It's time for the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike of UC and Carolina Panthers lore. We've got a lot to talk about. NFL football in segment one. High school football in segment two as we start to heat things up just a little bit. We're underway. And college football, I have to get Tony's take on the uh, the UC debacle at Ohio State. A very disappointing performance by the Bearcats. And an impressive performance by Ohio State. Hey, so we've Smitty, got a lot to go. Yes. We've got a special guest on the line. We do. Yes. Who do we have? Speak up. Fellas. Oh, fellas, no. fellas, fellas. Well, hello. Did you see Sunday? I mean, all the trash talk that you guys gave me last year, and all it took was Zach Taylor coming from the Rams. John Ross has arrived. I miss you guys. How are you? Uh, We we miss you too, James Rapine, because we are broadcasting, by the way, from the James Rapine Memorial Studio, so it's good to hear you from the grave. Things sound sound well for you. Your 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 guy your guy did good other than his two drop passes. But other than the two drop passes, he did uh, he, uh, he, he, he yeah. did he did he quite well. Seven balls. He made Andy Dalton look so good that he's leading the the league in passing yards after oh. week one. And we want to talk about his drops. Get out of here. Yeah, because because Andy Get Dalton can have forty more yards. That's right. He should have had forty more yards. No, not forty more. No way. I mean, did you see the way he skied for that ball? Oh. That honestly, Andy left up there a little too long, and he just skies and gets it. Uh, you know, like, that's what we've always said about uh, John Ross. He goes up and he fights for the ball. Well, he makes big plays. Well, well, well hang, hang, and we, we saw that. We saw that on Sunday. Hang on, did you not see the safety miss time his jump badly too? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All I saw was Ross sky for his second touchdown of the year. I mean, man, how how dumb. Were previous offensive coordinators Marvin mm. Lewis and former coaches on the Bengals not being able to use Ross effectively? Here's my question about all this. I want to know what the Cleveland folks think of this, because just because the Browns come up and throw up a big turd in Week One, now you're back on the John Ross bandwagon. Well, of course he is. I'm not hearing about Odell Beckham. I don't hear about but, Jarvis hey, Landry. Way, for, for those who don't know, J- James was was with us last year and and now is working in Cleveland covering. The Indians and covering the uh, the Cavaliers. You, you don't cover the Browns a lot, correct? Personally, correct, correct. All no, right. I don't a little bit, but not. But but you were on the Baker train last year, and and uh, I know all Browns fans thought this was the year. They they kind of Cleveland that up a little bit, James, didn't they? No, it was one game. Mm. Oh, are you guys serious? Mm. It's one game, and now the Browns are done. I, Odell Beckham Jr. can't play. Come on, he's the best wide receiver in the division. Ooh. I love AJ, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Is he better than John him. Ross? I don't know Beckham Jr. Is he better than John Ross? He is. Oh, much better. I, I will say, he, I, I will say, James, he is the best wide receiver in the division to wear a $100,000-plus watch. No doubt about it. That, that, I mean, that part's in dispute. He took a, a page out of Tony Pike's book. I think when Tony Pike had that one start for Carolina. Yeah. He wore a pretty expensive, fancy wash oh, that yeah. got beat up. By the way, I, I dressed got it up real up. well. It was a very smart move. What, what is a what? What is the reaction in Cleveland to Sunday? Seriously, um, there's there's certainly some concern. I think, especially the two things that stand out the most: offensive line and just lack of it, which is, is certainly something Bengal fans can relate sure. to. And then the second thing was penalties. You know, eighteen penalties, and it was. Some of them were just dumb, unnecessary roughness penalties. Greg Robinson gets ejected. 
um, very Bontez perfect like. Yeah, that was stupid. By kicking an opponent. Um, so yeah, so I think those are the things really discipline in offensive line play. I don't think anyone's worried about Odell or anything like that, but can Freddie Kitchens get them reined in and good to go? And then the other thing is, is their schedule. The Browns' schedule over the next couple of weeks is brutal. At New York, you got the Rams, uh, the Steelers coming up. So I, I mean, it's uh, at it's Baltimore be for the Browns. But, yeah, I mean, in Baltimore, by the way, how, how good did they look? So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to so, tell. They played a high school team, I believe. I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's uh, it's pretty clear uh, the whole Lamar Jackson going to the Bengals that that should have been yep. that should have been the pick. Lamar, Billy Price. Uh, I, I'm gonna say there. Billy Price has played as much as we have this, this season. I, I'm gonna set the over under on Lamar Jackson touchdowns for the rest of the year at 15 and a half. You want the over or the under? Over. Okay. I think Lamar's legit. And, and, and by the way, the the over under I think coming into the year was 15 and a half. For what? For stu- five for, week one. For total. For total. That's hilarious. For, for, for passing touchdowns. Well, he gets yeah, yeah. he gets Arizona this week. Yeah, which could be a, another that, three that, or four. That, that, that's a pretty that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good one for sure. Um, so, all right. Well, James Rapine, we appreciate you hopping in, man. This is awesome. So, so skinny, real quick. I just want to get you on record. They should have taken Lamar, right? No, they needed a center. They took a center. It just hasn't worked out. We don't. We have the highest rated quarterback football focused center in week one. Trey Hopkins. We don't need Billy Price. They didn't know that at the time that Trey Hopkins was I knew, even center. James knew we needed Lamar Jackson. Hmm. I, All right, I, one last thing before I before I go. Yes, I, I know you guys have a whole podcast to go. Um, Tony, can you uh, please send me one of these bobbleheads? Uh, that would Come mean on. I would have to get them first, James. I, I I keep seeing how there's a story. If you're Tony Pike, you can get you can get me a bobblehead up here in Cleveland. Yeah, as, as soon as I get my hands on some of them. I'll send one up. J- James, what do you think Tony really looks like in that box? I told him he looked like like the creepy old guy who doesn't really know what day it is and put on a helmet and went to the grocery store and came out. <laughs> is, what do you, you think that's close? That is close, yes. But that, I still want one. I'll make it happen. He'll make it happen for you, just for you. Okay. Hey. I hope so. All right, guys, i got to uh, go look at some John Ross photos. I know, I, I, I know you yeah. do. Please put some pants on when you do, if you don't mind. <laughs> Do I have to? Yes, Can you I, do. Uh, yeah, well, it's, oh, I'm gonna iron. You, I'm gonna iron my jersey too. He changed numbers this year. If you guys didn't realize, yes, I, I, different numbers this it, season. I will say it's funny. There was a lot of people in camp that didn't realize that for about a week or two. They were wondering why why the other 15 wasn't quite as fast. So, uh, yeah, good for him. Speed? Yeah, speed. It kills. <laughs> James, you call anytime. We enjoy it. We miss you. All right, I missed you too, guys. Thanks. Right. Hi, ya. James. James Rapine was with us last year on the Angry Quarterbacks. That's a great special guest to start the show. Yes. That was well played. I like it. I'm, I'm glad to hear from James Rapine. And it, it, hey, look, the guy's got to crow about his guy, and I don't blame him because he was he yeah. was quite good. Now he did yeah. drop a couple balls, and um, needs to clean that part of it up. But uh, made some plays. That's what I mean. That's what you drafted him to do, right? James will forever remain on my Twitter feed anytime something happens with John Ross. No question, because it, that's immediately what everyone says. It, it's his guy. I mean, it's John hey, Ross. That's, it, that's Rapine. And, What's Rapine doing? And he had to swallow hard for the last two years while his guy mm-hmm. didn't do much. Wasn't very productive. Yeah. Couldn't get stay on the field. But to to his credit and to John Ross's credit, I mean this that was a John Ross that I expected to see last year. Yeah, it was, and, and it shows a difference when a coaching staff has a little faith in the guy and. And, and the one thing, and we talked about this last week, because I talked to him the week before, he was adamant about how healthy he felt. Yeah. And I think you know that as an athlete. Look, you can say I'm healthy and you're not, and you try to fight through it because it's what yep. you got to do. But 
when you feel fully healthy, you know, and you know what you're capable of doing. That's just a, it's a game changer. Now, can he do that for 16 weeks? Can he be right. healthy for 16 weeks? I think that's the mo. But just, just the way he talked last Monday, before and the day before we did yep. this podcast, and I wrote a story about it. Um, and I took a bunch of crap because I, I talked. He talked about I've, I feel like I've got another gear. Mm-hmm. Well, I had people tweet at me. Well, he needs to show it. I agree. And guess yeah. what he did? He showed it. He had one chance to show the full gear, but on that drop because yes. there was no one in front. You'd have really seen the I, top. I want. Speed. I want to see that one. Yeah, but I mean, look, this, this is something that we've waited all along to see what John Ross can do. And the question has been, how can Zach Taylor use him? Well, I think we saw a good dose of that. And John, it wasn't like he was making a lot of contested catches. He had no. space. And that was all the receivers. I mean, there weren't many small window throws that Andy Dalton made. He dropped back 51 times. 53. Or 53. Or 51. No, you're my bad. Yeah. 51, yeah. 35 or 51. 51. And, I mean, he didn't have to really thread the needle a bunch. And I think that's, that's a credit to, to Zach Taylor and his system. What I also like is Zach Taylor openly after the game when asked, yeah, we wanted to run the ball. But they ran 4-3, you know, 71% of the time. 71% of the time. Leaving the backer in there. We're not going to run into numbers that don't benefit us. So if they want to leave numbers on the outside, we'll throw it 51 times, which shows me that we have a coach now that, and I know this is a crazy thought in football, that makes adjustments in game. Yeah, I I do think he wants to be pass-heavy for sure. I I, I believe that part of it. But uh, I talked to Giovanni Bernard last Wednesday um, after he'd signed his contract extension, and he kind of let it slip. Initially, he said, you know, we have a run-heavy package in for this week. Well, I, I don't think he was lying to me. Right. Because the question was, you, you know, how are we, we going to make the two-back thing work? And I think that's probably what the plan was. But if that's what they're going to do defensively, even when right. you go through, I mean, they went three wide and still stayed in that. And right. I think some of it is you had safeties covering slot guys, and that's why you saw some people run wide open. But we saw that a lot in preseason. Yeah. We saw a lot of separation of receivers. And you thought, okay – it's preseason. They're not showing you much. Right. Um, you know, how, if, if you keep doing those 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 shorter throws in the passing game, how much do defenses start to come up? Well, if John Ross starts getting deep on you and taking two, you're still going to get that short, quick passing game. And right. I, I think I think it even expands more. And, and, and when defenses, let's say the Niners this week decide they have to go nickel every play, right. well, maybe then you got numbers to run the football. And if you do that effectively, you do even more off your play action game. Yeah. So, I mean. You look at eight different receivers catch passes. Yep. Uh, we spread the ball around. Uh, Andy Dalton throws for 418 yards, and now, also, I mean, if he's anywhere close to that week in, week out, we're not going to be able to afford him anyway, so we won't have to talk about the whole Andy Dalton thing. Uh, but, no, I, I, I like the steps that were taken, but at the end of the day, like, we're, we're talking now, the pot, we still lost. Yeah. And, and you still – and granted, there's – I, I witnessed two losses this weekend, and I feel a lot better about one of them than I do about the other. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it is a bottom-line game. Nobody's going to give you half credit for what right. you did in Seattle. But I, I think it for, for all the fears of 3-13 and 13 or yep. this is going to be a disaster, I don't know if we can put that to bed, but I think you can feel better that, okay, there's a lot of good things about this football team moving forward. Um it's a shame the offensive line officially gave up five sacks, but it didn't feel like. And I yeah. know this sounds stupid. It dropped back fifty-one times, it, but it also didn't feel like five right. sacks. It, you know, the one one of the sacks was on the one at the end of the game where they called right. it a sack fumble. Um, I don't don't really they register changed that the one. interception to a sack too, didn't they? No, they changed the interception to a fumble. A fumble. A fumble. Andy lost the ball. Um, but when I what, what I envisioned going in was an avalanche of pass rush that was yeah. going to give Andy no time. He had a lot of time, probably on. Right. You know, on the majority of dropbacks where he wasn't sacked, 
Yeah. I'm not even sure he got hit. And I think in a fact, lot of he that, didn't. A lot of that goes to they stayed in rhythm, so they stayed yes. out of the third and long. Yep. And when they got into the third and long, that's where you kind of started seeing the, the defensive line seep through. But they won first and second down, and they got themselves in a position that they were in second manageable and third manageables. And when you do that, I mean, and, and for all the offensive line talk, I saw the stat, all five linemen started the whole – they played every play together. Correct. So it wasn't like they were rotating in. Uh, it wasn't the, – The other fear of there's going to be a bunch of false starts, there's going right. to be a bunch of None. holds, zero false in starts. A, in a stadium that produces the most. And one hold, and it was a ba- big hold. Andre Smith yeah. on a running play when they were first in goal with the four. That's, yep. that's the only penalty on that offensive line against that defensive yep. group. That was pretty well played. Now – the flip side to it is you got to the red zone three times, didn't score. The third quarter, you, you had three golden opportunities to score. Now, one was the fluky one on Andy. The, the ball yep. slips out of his hand. The, you know, it rained hard, Tony, for 15 minutes, and those 15 minutes might have cost the Bengals the game because yep. the fumble occurred in that time frame. They then drove down Bullock on a wet field, missed yep. the 45-yard field goal wide left. Tyler Boyd um, on a third-and-one pass play. He's wide open down the seam. Yep. Andy throws it to a spot. You can see Tyler kind of bent the route a little too wide, and you could you could see almost it looked like a cartoon character. His feet yep. are spinning, goes out from under him. That wouldn't have just been a first down. That was a touchdown. There was nobody there. They go for it. The next play, fourth and one. They get stuffed on the run game. So the the, the missed opportunities. But I, I think the positive would be I can look at that and go that was almost 15 minutes of fluky missed right. opportunities for the most part. Yeah, and I I, I like. Everything in that stretch, and I like Zach. I like going for it on that fourth down. I didn't yeah, like. I did too. Yeah, I didn't like sticking in the shotgun where you got to now the running back right. seven yards deep just because we weren't getting enough push anyway. But I like that. And then how about this crazy theory before the half when the other team has the ball to take a timeout? There is no question in my mind. There is not an ounce of doubt in my mind that a Marvin Lewis would not have taken a defensive yep. timeout because remember Zach took the defensive right. timeout. In to order, get the ball back. Even if Seattle scored, you were going to have at least enough time. And he said post game, "I think we're explosive enough. The 52 right. seconds gives us enough time." Now, granted, you threw kind of a a, a hail maryish type right. pass up, but guess what? You got. You but got how many points. teams after John Ross drops that pass just say, "Okay, let's yeah, take a knee." Right. No, right. They went right back to him, and that's a that's the thing. Right back to John Ross. Give him another chance. Go make a play. He does. Uh, and and Zach Taylor offensively great. And what we talked about a lot going into to last week as well, Lou Anarumo, and and they they played a lot of that five man yes, front, they and they, you know, what Jermaine Pratt played what four snaps, played yeah a couple, yeah. and he was the third most yeah used linebacker. So not a lot of three linebacker sets. I, I think I think you'll rarely see unless you play a team that is, and you don't see this in the league anymore that is very very run dominant. Right. Well, I mean Seattle's run dominant. Well, they, and they, they still led, with the, they led the NFL last year in rushing. And they had seventy two rushing yards on twenty five right. attempts. Yep. Tyler Lockett, their best receiver, had one catch. One catch. Granted, it was a touchdown. Well, it was a blown coverage. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, the defense, William Jackson moving around. I mean, I, I liked everything I saw from from Lou Anarumo and that defense. And you really, you highlight the best part of it, the defensive line. Absolutely. And and that showed throughout the game. Yeah, it, it's 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 funny because I know people think you know you look at the five linemen and people don't do it, but you're you're I mean Sam Hubbard's an a, is an athlete. Carl Lawson's an athlete. Right. Carlos Dunlap is an athlete. So you can use those guys, get them on the field, and, and you can use them in different ways. I saw a weird set at one point. They brought in – they were rolling some subs through. They brought in Kerry Wynn to play a few snaps as an yeah. end. He was actually playing middle linebacker in a set. He stood over the right. center and dropped into coverage. Now, I'm not sure I want Kerry Wynn dropping into coverage very much, and he didn't drop into coverage very well. But you've got some athletic yeah. ends. Just different that, looks. That, look, you can show a five-man front, and yeah, we may all come. And I think the other part is you've got bigger girth at the point of attack, right? You don't – 
you don't have a linebacker who's who's maybe a little smaller in there. I I thought it was it was a proper usage of that personnel. And I don't think it was a one-game game gimmick. I think you'll see a lot right. more of this moving forward. Because and, and, and it's, it's your best thing. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's your best thing, and it's something that not a lot of teams have done in the NFL. So it's something new that's tougher to prepare for in a week of the NFL where you only get three opportunities out there at practice. Yeah, and it's almost like a, it's almost like a 3-4 look. You know, it's just the fact that you have two defensive ends. You know, stand, stand, Carlos Dunlap was standing up at times. Right. Lawson was standing up at times. Sam Hubbard's playing inside at tackle. And how about him? I, you oh, know, yeah. Ten tackles. You you were hoping that guys like Sam Hubbard and Jesse Bates would would take that that next step forward after solid rookie yeah. seasons, and Sam Hubbard took a huge step forward, and so now we're going to talk about adding Sam Hubbard to Geno Atkins, who a couple times just abused yep. the guard in front of him. Um, Andrew Billings got back there. One, yep. It wasn't just one or two guys, but right. Sam Hubbard really stood out. Last yep. year, the two leading tacklers on this Bengals team were two safeties: yep. Jesse Bates and Sean Williams. As you know, and anybody that knows football, Not that's good. really never a good sign when your safeties lead you in tackling, right? Mm-hmm. Sunday, your top two tacklers were defensive. Your top three tacklers were defensive linemen. That shows how much yeah. that that group is 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 got a chance to dominate and yep. should. So I, I liked a lot of things about it. The only yeah. thing I didn't like, unfortunately, for the Bengals was they lost the game twenty-one twenty. That and and you know I I just because I, that like, would have been one to steal. That would have been yeah. a great one to steal. I mean they they haven't lost since Pete Carroll's been there in September. That's correct. Home openers. And I, I would like to see Drake or Patrick just rein it in a little bit. The penalty was silly. Yeah. Now he did have a. He, I mean, he had a sack. Yeah. He had a sack. Uh, yeah. And a and a fumble recovery. Fumble recovery. So there's just, there's just different times where he's kind of like the wild card and he's teetering on that he is. that level of okay, he is. let's let's pull it back. All right. So going into the year, I don't know if you made a a record prediction or not. I went seven and nine, and I'm still feeling that. I. Yeah. I but I. Do you feel? It's it's hard because it's a sample like it's it's one game one sample game, right. size and I don't know, I mean look, but you have Seattle's offensive better, line was not good. They're terrible. Um, they didn't have Ons at defensive end. Yes, uh, Jadavion Clowney was his first game, so they're still answering a lot of questions in Seattle. I think what's going to be interesting is this next game because this San Francisco defense looked really good last week. Two pick sixes. Two pick sixes. They have still have Richard Sherman, and for all the talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. They have one matchup that strikes fear in me as a Bengal fan, and that is Kittle. Yep, the tight end. Because we've struggled handling really good tight ends in the past here. So what now is the next step? I think it's this next two-game span. Because these I are, agree with that. These are kind of the two games that were teetering for me. That could go either way. you got San Francisco at home, who's favored right now. Yeah, it opens yeah. a pick but yeah. And then you go to Buffalo, who had a nice comeback win against the Jets. So but they're not very good. Those two games, to me are what is going to teeter kind of the scale on how this season goes because you start off 2-1 and one or 3-0, and oh, and all of a sudden you're playing the Pittsburgh team that I watched on Sunday Night Football. Looked like a complete, utter mess. Yeah, and you could say, well, they're, they're free of Antonio Brown, they're free of Le'Veon Bell. Guess what those players were when they were on the field? Playmakers. Guess and what still... Pittsburgh doesn't have right now? Dante Moncrief is not the number two receiving option that you need neither, And neither is James Washington. No. So you have Juju and you have Big Ben and... James Conner. Yeah. Well, that, Outside of that, 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 that was a, a very bad performance. So I look at the next two games and, and where this season can go. You can't start off 0-3. You can't start off 1-2. and You've got to get these next two and really start to build that base and, and platform going forward. Yeah, I, I, I thought this – I didn't think this was a great Steeler team. I know a lot of people were bought in. They, they looked yeah, – I guess I they looked so good in the all. preseason. I, I don't – all right, let, let's, let's go talk about the division for a second. Um, I think there's going to be overreaction – Two different ways. 
and we just had it with James a little bit, the overreaction to the Baltimore win and the Lamar Jackson performance. I know you like Lamar Jackson a lot, but how much of that is, is seriously, Miami is, is officially tanking. It got to the point Sunday oh. night where players were tweeting out, I want out of here. I don't want to be a part of a tank job. So bad. That it, was emba- it, it, it's embarrassing it is, yeah. for the league. And look, that, that's a Dolphins secondary. That's the same secondary that they beat the Patriots last year. Yeah, they, Xavier Howard's a really yeah, good they player. They handled Tom Brady, and it, it just looked like a team that didn't want to be there in week one at home that didn't want to be on the field. Yeah, I mean that that's a and now you got the Patriots coming in next week. Yeah, yeah that, they, that that could be. Did you see that line by the way? It opened at fifteen and it's up to nineteen and a half in a day. Yeah, that could be an zero and sixteen team. It really could. And the Bengals play them the next to last game yes. of the season. Can you imagine in Miami? If the Bengals have like six wins at that time, and the Dolphins, what the attendance will be? Oh, there won't be a soul there, and I don't blame them. And as Mo Egger mentioned on the show yesterday, I can I can attest that's not an easy place for a quarterback to play. Oh, in I, Miami, I can believe that. Yeah, I've been there. I've done that. What yeah. Lamar did, oh, it's tough to do. So, so in watching Lamar, the mechanics are still not the best in the world, right? right? From what you saw. Of that game again, how much of that is is Miami just not giving a damn? How much of it was he's gotten better as a passer? Hollywood Brown is a, is an added weapon for him. Uh, Mark Ingram in the backfield as a runner is an added weapon for him. Do you buy the buy the week one performance of Lamar Jackson, or is it just I, I got to see more against a better team that cares? I want to see more, but I I love what Baltimore has done in the off season because people, I mean, people talk about different moves. You rarely hear talk of Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's a really good running back. Yes, he is. And he's now playing alongside of Lamar Jackson in a really good offensive line. The tight end position is better, and then they went and got Marquise Brown. The, yeah, the Hollywood Oklahoma Brown. rookie. Yeah, Hollywood Brown. He, he, who he helps him a lot. can get over the top. And they really didn't have that with Crabtree no. last year. They didn't have that. They had possession guys. Yeah, they didn't have the vertical threat. Now you throw in a vertical threat, which you saw Miami stack guys in the box. Okay, we'll take a shot over the top. So they have the threat there. They have a good tight end. And they have a bona fide RB one in, in Mark Ingram. All right. So how much of your if you're Baltimore do you scale back the Lamar Jackson running game? Portion? I try to as much as I can. Yeah. I, I try to because you know it's already there. You know every team that's preparing for you is preparing for Lamar Jackson right. to run. So and he still you, will run some. Right. But when you get into a game, when you're running fakes and you're running that zone read, if if the defensive end is peeling with Lamar Jackson, then you're doing your job anyway. Right. Then you don't have to run it with Lamar. If that defensive end stops respecting the run, which I thought the Bengals did a couple times where Russell Wilson could have kept it, but yeah, he didn't. Yeah, there was a bunch of times I if thought he was If you do that, then Lamar's going to keep it because he has that option and he has that ability. But until then, I'm handing it out because you know you're influencing the guys you need to influence with the play action. All right, the other overreaction would be the performance of Cleveland. Or is this just a team that does have a lot of talent? I, I, I do think this, Tony. I think they do have talent. That part I do believe in. Um, but I also think you've got a lot of big personalities. You've got a lot of expectations, which that changes a lot of things for players. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's easy to play. Not sometimes it's easy to play when not a lot's expected of you. And that was the case last year. They played free and loose and easy. Things were clicking. Well, yeah. now there's expectations, and now the whole city's expecting you. It, it, it went from the Browns of 0 and 16 lore to hey, this might be a Super Bowl team. Right. Well. Maybe not. You might be a one in five team after the first six weeks, and with those big personalities, how quickly can that tumble down to the ground? Right. I, look, I, I think that the Browns is more of a factor of just killing themselves. 
Now, Pittsburgh, you looked at Pittsburgh, you just didn't see the playmakers. No, they got outplayed. We know the Browns have playmakers. As, as James mentioned, about 19 penalties, 18, 19 18, penalties. Yeah. And I think 15 of those were on first and 10. Like, you can't – there's no chance you can win like that. Now, people talk about the interceptions at the end. That's just you're down points you're and you're trying, trying to – Yeah, you're trying to make a play. But you heard it from the Titans after the game, and I think you're going to hear that from a lot of teams that play the Browns. Like, we didn't hear – like, that's all people talked about was the Browns. Mm-hmm. All people talking about was how good the Browns are going to be and you lose sight, this is the NFL. Outside of maybe the Dolphins, anyone can get beat by a team. And to get beat, not just get beat, but get beat by 30 in your home opener with all these expectations, you're either going to go one of two ways from me. And we talked about, can this thing explode? Two or three more performances like that, it does no explode. Doubt. absolutely. Now, and James mentioned, the Browns' schedule going forward is not easy. The, the Jets, the Rams, the Ravens, uh, those teams early on, like, you got to get back on track right now so I look at I look at this week I wasn't overly impressed with the Jets and Le'Veon Bell's debut but you got to go to New York uh that's going to be tough for for the Browns uh but I think they can right the ship more so than I think Pittsburgh can yeah um let's touch on the AFC teams New England continues oh, to just boy. be New England it's insane you imagine them to me. now with Antonio and I know that Antonio Brown thing is such a joke and it it it, it, it how that whole thing How was much handled. do you think it was orchestrated? It had to be. Man, I, With how quick be, right? that deal was in place, it had to be orchestrated before that. But, man, you you look at Josh Gordon, who looked great. You look at Julian Edelman, Sonny Michelle, and James White in that offense with Tom Brady, obviously. And I, I still think by week 10, 11, 12, Rob Gronkowski comes back for a, for a, for a run. And now you're going to add, say what you want about him off the field. He's a joke off the field when he's on the field and when he's playing. He's one of the best receivers in football. Oh, and now, run, no question. and now you're matching him up with the greatest quarterback of all time. Why is it that guys stay in line there, though? I think it's just the 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 aura that's been built around that team of even before you go in, all you hear about is they're not going to put up with anything. They're not going to put up with anything, and and you really kind of have to check your the personal car. They you don't see a ton of New England guys out on social media saying stuff. They they really watch that stuff and. Um, I think this is one of those things that was like, look, we're going to give you a chance. If it starts to, to teeter, then, then we're, we're cutting ties or we're, we're just not going to play. I think there had to be something in place to get Antonio Brown's attention. But six rings and, and all that can, can do a lot of talk in itself. Yeah, no, I, yeah. You know, when you're going into an organization that's kind of been in shambles like Oakland, it can get a little bit easier to get away from you other than, hey, we've won six titles. We don't need you to win. We're bringing you in. Show us what you can do. Yeah, and I will say good for Oakland to win without him. I mean, yeah. at least for them, they get to say, listen, we won without you Vontaze guys. Perfect. Who was he last night? He was a different cat. He's a he, captain. <laughs> captain Vontaze. He was wearing the, uh, he was wearing the communication yeah. helmet, he and, he and Paul Gunther. Named a team captain. I set, I set the over-under for him at games played at five. I'm sticking with it because he's still going to get concussed yeah. at some point. But, I mean, no, but, but good for them. To, to shake good all that off and go, go win your over. Good for him and, and good to see. A, uh, a team that has a kicker that can be confident in a kick over 40 yards. Those are, those are nice to have. 58 yards, and it was like nothing for Lutz. It was, it was nothing. the Saints last I, night. I even thought, I was yelling at the TV. I, I, I was flying all day yesterday and got home. I watched the first, uh, this will tell you how, how, I left at 9.30 in the morning in Seattle, and was I watched the first quarter of that game on the airplane. Yeah. Um, but got to my house just as the second half started, and at the end of the game, you know, watched the, watched the whole crazy finish. I, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought that, uh, that New Orleans had mismanaged the clock. I, I thought they should have taken their time out before. It felt like their goal was to get to the 40. And I, in my mind, I, I even yelled at the TV. I said, 
What are you doing? You think this is going to be, this is what you wanted to get, a 58-yard field goal? Yeah. Right down the pike with yep. plenty of room to spare, and yep. here we go. Who's, who's to you the uh, week one, who are going to be the teams to beat, you think? If you had to say three or four. Well, I was just going to ask you. So in the AFC, let's, let's, let's finish yep. the AFC, then we'll hop to the NFC. Um, if I were to give you, I think it's clearly two teams. And if I were to give you those two teams, which one would you take right now? Kansas City or New England? I would take New England until still until okay. they get knocked off. And I, I that's I, probably fair. Kansas City's got. I don't think Sammy Watkins doesn't produce like that all year. Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill with the injury right now. Um, yeah, but let's all right, let's say he's out for a period of time yeah, and, and you, does come back. You, and, and I think I still think with Kansas City, there's questions at the running game. Oh, I don't know. I think I think that's a that's an un- Damian Williams and, and, McCoy. and, and Shady. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a nice one-two punch. Yeah. Getting Shady McCoy was a very under the radar. It was hard to because me. you think Jacksonville is going to be really good, and they they yes. pretty much rolled through Jacksonville. So I want to see Kansas City moving forward. But I put I mean those are two, those those are both my top right now. I yeah. just. Watching what New England did against what was supposed to be a good Pittsburgh defense, I mean, they just carved them up. Killed them. Did whatever they wanted yes. to. All right, so let's hop to the NFC for a second. Um, I thought Dallas looked really good, but I have to I have to put the grain of salt of, I don't think the Giants are very good, so we'll, yeah. we'll leave it there. Kellen Moore, though, I like I like what he's doing with Dak Prescott. That, that, that's the thing that people have talked about is Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator yep. really – Helping that offense kind of evolve, yeah. and I think you saw a lot of that on Sunday. Yeah, play action pass. Yeah, you have Jason Witten back as a security blanket. You have Zeke. Uh, the holdout is over, and everything. The seems offensive to be line's right very solid. You got a good line. You still got Amari Cooper on the outside. Uh, you have weapons all over the place in Dallas. This can be that year where they kind of get back over the hurdle. Rams with a good opening win. They're a team that I didn't even pick to make the playoffs this year. Um, Something about them doesn't seem right. It doesn't, but I'll give them. I mean, it's on the road. I don't yeah. think. I honestly don't think Carolina's very good, very good and I think Cam's going to get hurt eventually. And it's I'm gonna concerned be, of the Gurley situation. I am too. It's weird. I mean, they they what he had like four or five carries in the first half, yeah. and they said he didn't have a a restriction, but it just didn't seem like the same Todd Gurley that. Which which goes to show why a lot of teams are hesitant to pay running backs. top dollar yeah. for running backs because it takes one injury and you're just not the same guy. So that's interesting to watch. But but I think to me the the Saints. Do you? Yeah. I, I thought def- defensively they were disappointing. I think their D line will get continue to get better. Uh, I just don't know how. I mean teams try. I mean they they went in last night the Texans and tried to stop Michael Thomas. And they still didn't stop Michael Thomas. No, you don't stop Michael Thomas. And, no, it's insane and, how often he gets open. It's, yep. it's crazy. I think Jared Cook was a huge sign. It was for a big New Orleans. Lamar Miller was a big, or is it uh, Latavius Murray? Yeah, Latavius Murray was, was the a second thing to, to Kamara. Yeah, uh, for Kamara. I just think it took them a while. They have three points at halftime last night, and just kind of exploded after that. I still think the Saints are are the team to beat for me I, in the I've, NFC. I've got my under the radar team in the NFC, and I, I picked them. I picked them to win the division, and I, and I'm sticking with it, and I was really impressed with what they did Sunday. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. I think they're really good defensively. I I think they 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 have, I mean, Adam Thielen's really good. Diggs is really good. Kirk Cousins can put up some big numbers. Kirk Cousins only threw the football ten times on Sunday. Yeah. Can Dalvin Cook stay healthy is the big that, question. That's there. the big part. Uh, Mike Zimmer said he wanted to run the football more. They ran yeah, the football did. more. Very few teams in the league run it. I think when they have to throw it, they not only are more than capable, I think they actually can be fairly explosive yeah. as a passing team. They're my under the radar team. I, okay. I, I just I think they're I really that. good. I and, can see and, that. And I think that whole I think that conference is really good. I mean, we're, we've already brought up four or five teams. Um, so yeah, after week one, after week one, 
it, it, it feels like until somebody beats New England, yep. that's just where it goes. Yep. Crazy. Just crazy. All right, anything else? Nope. All right, we'll go on. We'll move on to high school football next. We'll save college football for the end just so oh. Tony doesn't get so depressed over yeah. UC's performance. There's a big, big game to talk about as well in Lexington on Saturday. We'll talk they about that a, oh, much more. Oh, yeah, Maybe you can go down there and be a quarterback. They need one yeah. right now. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, high school football is on the agenda. It's the Angry Quarterback Season 4, Episode 3 from the James Rapine Memorial Studios and him checking in earlier. My friends at ESP Media. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike. Uh, talk some NFL football. Our thanks to James Rapine for checking in from Cleveland. That was a, a fun surprise. But as always on this show, we do it in three segments. One segment on the NFL, one on high school football, one on college. We're saving college for the end. So let's talk some high school football where uh, quite a week that was. Uh, Elder, which is the number one team in the city. Uh, had to come back from the dead almost to uh, get to overtime and beat Indy Cathedral. Yeah, that's a really good Indy Cathedral team. That's a good win for Elder um, a, to a, come a, back like that. It's a Cathedral team riding riding pretty high after eight turnovers a week before. Yeah, forced against Muller, but no, I mean Elder for for back to back weeks now has shown really what what they're going to be. It's a power running team that is going to make their money running the ball and trying to wear defenses out throughout the course of a game. And can throw it just when they need to throw it, just yes. enough. Uh, St. X, you were at the, the Coleraine game. Yeah. Uh, good win for X, obviously. I mean, you win that game in the rivalry game. This is not the Coleraine team of the last few years that, that was kind of really the team to beat in the yeah. city. I thought that game, that game impressed me for both teams, I guess. The fact that X took care of business and the fact yeah. that Coleraine kind of hung around. Yeah, to me, it looked like X just kind of got a little comfortable in the second half. Up 21-7. Up 21-7. Yeah. Uh, and, and for what it's been worth, Matthew Reavy, I think, the start of this season has been excellent for St. X, the quarterback. Three touchdowns in who the first half. Him? I don't know. That would be Tony Pike, oh. for those who don't know. But no, three, three touchdowns in the first half. Um, he's making really good decisions. And I think when you, when you match him with Coach Coverdale, who came up from Trinity, that offensive system they're running, they run a lot of play action. They change up the tempo. It is a, uh, it's a good system all around, and I think Matthew Reavy is very comfortable in it, and you saw that throughout the first half. But at the same time, 21-14, the final Coleraine fights back. They stay in it. Their defense flexes a little bit in the second half. Uh, so I think that was it, was it was impressive for St. X because anytime these two teams play, and what I like about those two teams and I was doing the, the, uh, the game with, with Tom Gamble, the pregame. Interviewed different players. All the players talk about it being a rivalry game. All the players talk about it meaning more. You don't see that in the NFL. You don't see that in right, college. Right. It's like, this is a different game for us. It's a different week. It's different preparation because it's ex rain week. So you see that on the field. Uh, Liam Clifford took the first kickoff almost back to the house, which was a huge momentum change early. The only question I have for rain going forward, they... At times, they'll come in and they'll bring a quarterback in to throw the ball and they'll run a shotgun package. And at times, they stick with their option no matter what. I think you've got to really have an identity going forward on what you're going to be. Because it's hard to – one, it's hard for the quarterback that comes in that's coming in and everyone knows he's going to throw the ball. And two, it's hard for the option quarterback because he never gets to throw the ball. So you've got to have some a little bit more balance in Colerain. But Colerain defensively – kind of got it figured out there, and I think as long as their defense is that, 
and you have a guy like Pace in the secondary. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, you're going to give yourself a chance to win a lot of games. All right, but here, here we start. Greater Miami Conference play starts this week. They, they play eight conference games. They've played their two non-conference games. Um, Colerain has been the prohibitive team to beat. They feel like they've they've had a and they have had a decades long winning streak in that league. Yep. But it feels like this is a year. If there's a year they're vulnerable, it feels like this is kind of the year. Uh, I broadcast Princeton games here on ESP Media. We have got a great one coming up this Friday night. Princeton at Sycamore. Princeton's gotten off to a to a good start. Outscored Milford and and, and Withrow. Not great wins, yep. but still dominated both those games for the most part, despite. Committing 36 penalties, I think, in the two games combined. You can't do that moving forward. The Sycamores look tough. Sycamores off to a good start at 2-0. and Fairfield's off to a nice 2-0 and start. They had a nice win at Springfield, beating them on the road 16-12. to It just feels like this is a year that, that maybe we have a different champion in the Greater Miami Conference. But it, I think it goes back to the yeah. whole New England thing. Yeah. Until somebody beats them, you're the champ. It feels like a year that it could happen, but like you just said, until it does happen, I can't believe it. Yeah. Because well, it's been dominance for that long. And Colerain gets a chance to open up with, with Oak Hills on, on Friday night, an Oak Hills team they, yeah. they should handle. But then uh, then they've got Princeton on the road the next week. Maybe that's the game that shows us if Princeton beats a Sycamore and comes back and beats a uh, beat, beats a Colerain. Yep. That shows us that maybe the, 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 the change, change is coming. The guard, maybe yeah. the change is coming. But until then, and again, like you said, Sycamore, going to Sycamore is not going to be easy for Princeton either. That's going to be their first real test. Oh, no question. Like, yeah, no question. For this year, because Sycamore has two really good wins under their belt. And a team that, that, that going into this year, I, I was told, keep an eye on them, and they've gotten off to a nice start, is Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton off to a 2-0 start in the league, coming off a win over Anderson, 28-14. to Anderson, the week before, had beaten Simon Kenton from Kentucky, yeah. 44-16. Hamilton opens Greater Miami Conference play at home against Lakota West. I think we'll know a lot more, obviously, about this Hamilton team on Friday. But them get, if they get off to a three and zero start, beat Lakota West three and zero and one and zero in the league, I don't think they're a contender to win it. But I think they're a contender maybe for the playoffs. Yeah, I think they can. I think they can get into the playoffs, and that would be a huge first step with a new coach and a new system in place. And again, we talked about it last week, getting these kids to buy in and and change that culture that was a losing culture into a winning culture. Yeah. Um, speaking of the playoffs, uh, the Ohio Harbin system, Harbin ratings don't come out until um, week four. So they go through mm-hmm. actually three three weeks of games, and they'll come out, uh, I believe, next week then. But JoeIdle.com, which yep. tracks it and is, very, is a very good website spot for on. those of you that's always spot on. Um, after two weeks, here's how it would break down in, uh, re- in Division One, Region 4. Eight teams make the playoffs. Here would be the eight. X is one. Elder is two. And again, this is very fluid and very early. Princeton 3, Fairfield 4, Hamilton 5, Sycamore 6, Coleraine 7, Lakota East 8. So you have two GCL Souths, six Greater Miami Conferences, and for the Greater Miami Conference, for them, they've put themselves now in position because they're going to start playing each other to get at least four, if not five, and maybe six teams in the playoffs. So good for them. Absolutely, and and I think the the top two, I think you can interchange those two. Yes. And St. X and and Elder. Uh, and, And again... For the GCL itself, can't put away LaSalle right now. No, I'm going to get LaSalle to them here in a second. Yeah, they're off to a great start, 2-0. Really good wins, and, and other than that, I just, at this point, is Moeller going to score? Well, that's where I was going to next. Moeller plays Lafayette at home this week. Moeller's been outscored in two games, 69 to nothing. And looking at their schedule, this may be... You better score this week. This you better may, win this week. This is about the only game you have a chance to win, other than they play a team from Canada the last week. All of those rumblings, that game may not be played either. So right. th- this may be literally the only chance for Moeller, Moeller to win a game. After this, for, for Mo, here's what they've got. Again, they've been outscored 69 to nothing. And even Cathedral's good. I mean, yeah. almost beat Elder. 
They're a good team. Louisville Trinity, which beat Moeller last week, is really good. It's a yes. good program. So the fact that Moeller lost those two games wouldn't be alarming. The fact the way they've lost them and been dominated in them sixty-nine to nothing is alarming. So you got Lafayette this week. They're zero three. Lexington Lafayette. So that 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 has needs to be, to be your win. After that, you got Winton Woods. Oh. Winton Woods so far has outscored Trotwood and West Claremont. West Claremont's not not good, but still, they've dominated eighty-five to seven. Winton Woods has outscored those yeah. two teams. So that's going to be hard. Then they've got X. Then they got LaSalle at home. LaSalle, as you mentioned, off to a yes. 2-0 start and a good 2-0 start. Right. At Elder, and then home to St. Ignatius wow. and at St. Edward. Yeah. I mean, this is it. This is Get the win. Get it this week and enjoy it. Yes. Savor it. Yes. Because, it's, I mean, the, the, the schedule going for Wynn Woods might be the, the best team they play out of that. It might be. I mean, very well. I mean, they might be the best offense they have to play. No question. I mean, kudos for the gauntlet of a schedule you yeah. play, but my goodness. This is one of those years that it comes back and bites you. Yes. Big this time. is one of those years when you're a younger team and you're <laughs> looking for confidence. You better find your confidence this week. You better, yeah. If you don't find the end zone this week, I'm not sure you find the end zone this season. Correct. I'm serious about that. That might that honestly might be true. Holy cow. All right, speaking of LaSalle and, and Winton Woods, in Division Two, Region 8, here's the way it would break down um, after two weeks. Uh, Canal Winchester is number one. LaSalle is number two off those two good wins. Turpin is number three. Wins over Lakota East, which actually would be in the playoffs in Division One if the season ended today. And last week over Northwest. So two good wins for Turpin to start the mm-hmm. season. Go down, Winton Woods sits at number six, um, but they are going to move up the board and going to be a very tough out. Little Miami checks in at number eight. And then uh, you've got Anderson at Kings at 10 and 11. As we go down to Division Four, McNick is number one after a, a couple of wins. They beat Indian Hill this past week um, after a o- season-opening win uh, as well. Wyoming sits at number three, and they've got a nice showdown this week. Wyoming and Mount Healthy. Yeah. Now, Mount Healthy's coming off of a loss, but they lost to, I believe it was Coldwater, if I'm not mistaken, which is a perennial yeah. uh, uh, smaller school power in yep. the state of Ohio. So that's a really good game. And Roger Bacon checks in at number seven. Let's quickly take a look at uh, Kentucky, where Covenant Catholic now 3-0 and after its 39-38 win over Lexington Catholic. Comeback win. Great comeback win for them. Uh, a team that hadn't given up uh, points the first two games. Lexington has a great quarterback, a kid named Bo Allen. Um, so uh, they are a that, that's a quality win for Covington Catholic to get. Quality win is there is there a little chink in the armor? I don't think so. I think it yeah. was more Lex Cath is that good offensively, and the fact that you found a way to come back and win shows right. that this this program now over the last going about last three years combined to this year has lost one game. That's yeah. it, and that was a state championship game last year. They went undefeated two years ago. Were fourteen and zero going to the state championship game last year. Lost a tough one to South Warren. And now off to a three and zero start this year with two shutouts and a quality win. Yeah. No, I think that just that's that's yeah. a good win for Covenant Catholic to get. Yeah. Uh, Highlands this week at two and one they'll take on Simon Kenton. Uh, so pretty good game there. Simon Kenton bounced back from its uh, loss to Anderson the week before by beating Oak Hills thirteen to ten. And a game that I will broadcast on Star sixty four for a little plug on Saturday night. We've oh. got Lloyd two and one against Connor two and one. Connor coming off a thirty five nothing win over Dixie. They're only lost to Ryle thirty four to ten. And Ryle's only lost this year was the Covenant Catholic, so a pretty go. good team there. And uh, quickly into Indiana, Southeast Indiana. Two good games to talk about in the Eastern Indiana Conference. In 4A, 3-0 East Central takes on 3-0 Franklin County. That was a good That Harrison win's a good win. It is a good Central win. Because Connor Kinnett at Harrison's a really good quarterback. 
we you know we're we're very close to that Harrison. We are, we are. We are. We are all about the, the fall sports. I'm looking forward to, to seeing that turf field I that that, uh, that we, we I am. That, was a, that was a good win for it East was. Central. It was. Um, they beat now Lawrenceburg, yep. which is a good team. We're gonna talk about here in a second. Lawrenceburg then uh, handled low kills and mm-hmm. got that nice win as you mentioned over Harrison. So three zero versus three zero in Eastern Indiana Conference four A uh, battle, and then in three A it's Lawrenceburg two and one taking on Greensburg two and one. So two good matchups good there, two very good ones. All right, anything? Any other thoughts on high school football, Tony Pike? Reading needs to score. What, what, what have they done so far? This they haven't season? scored. They, they have not scored. They haven't scored yet either. That's uh, that's not a good thing. No. Um, Must score points. Could could they use a quarterback? Uh, we'll, we're working on it. Here, let me call them up. They are. Yeah, they lost to Purcell nineteen to nothing in Middletown Madison forty nine to seven and oh. Oh, they up, did score. Up next is two and zero Summit Country Day, followed by Wyoming. Mm, we're saving. We're 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 saving a lot for the Wyoming game. Yeah. New school is open. First day of classes was yesterday. Looking good? It is. How's that look, grass How's that grass football great. field looking? Uh, the field will be grass for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Why a lot you, of money was dumped into the field. Uh, why, aren't you, yeah, why aren't you spearheading a fundraising drive? Yeah. For, that for, needs to be Deshaun Wynn. That's a good call. Yeah. He that's, played a lot longer than I did. That, that's probably a good point. Yeah. Maybe the two of you together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How about that? All right. So we've talked some high school football. We've talked some NFL. Coming up next... We're going to talk some college football. You see, riding high, heading to Columbus, and coming back with their tails between their legs, unfortunately. We will talk about that and much, much more. It's the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner. He's Tony Pike, and we broadcast from the James Rapine Memorial Studios from ESP Media. Are you looking to produce your own podcast? ESP Media has state-of-the-art audio and video production studios available for you. Our studio rental rates are the most competitive in town. Contact us today at sales at ESPmediaSN.com or 513-655-4966. That's 513-655-4966. It's your podcast. We just produce it. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback of Reading UC and Carolina Panthers lore. He is Tony Pike, dressed to the nines today. I am. That's a real suit. That's not like an off-the-rack job, isn't it? No, this is real. That's tailored? Tailored. How about that? Tailored. Would that run you, if I can ask? Oh, it was one of those, like, uh, men's warehouse, buy one, get one. That's okay. That's a a smart... See, I think that's a smart buy. Yeah, because you get two custom suits. Absolutely. Yeah. And it it looks sharp. Thank you. So you have TV today? Is that that my guess? Okay. I have TV today. All right. Fox Sports. Fox Sports. Ohio. Breaking down the Bearcats, right? (laughs) We're going to try to. All right. Well, let's try to do that now. I'll, I'll, I'll rev you up for that. Okay. Um, I, I was flying to Seattle this past weekend, got off a plane mm-hmm. in LAX, had myself a two and a half hour layover. And I thought this is perfect. Yep. I'm going to get me a cold beer. I'm going to sit here at the bar. And they had, they had nice big screen TV. It was the mm-hmm. ABC national game. So in yeah. Los Angeles, there I am watching it. I get there. It was seven, nothing Ohio state. It was first quarter that. Okay. Yeah. You see then puts together a nice drive, converts on a fourth down. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, then had a field goal blocked, and it felt yeah. like from there it just the snowballed. Wind completely out. Seven nothing after a quarter. Yeah, I mean, and driving at Ohio State, and that was going into the game. That was the talk. Survive the first quarter. Ohio State put twenty eight up on Florida Atlantic in the first quarter, and the game was over. So you survive the first quarter. You're driving. Feel great. Okay, we've we've done what we needed to do. We stopped them. We've given ourselves a chance. We converted a fourth down. It felt like once the field goal was blocked and Ohio State went down that the win was completely out of the sails. Yeah, yeah, but two things. I think the field goal blocked, and again, I'm not making excuses. I think Ohio State's 
pretty good. Yeah. We'll talk about them in, in that light here in a second, but let's talk about the UC portion of it first. The knee injury to the kid from, from Alabama, or the injury to the yeah, kid from Alabama, that felt, like, that felt like that took a lot out, yeah. too. And if you remember... I'm drawing he, a blank on the kid's Tyreek name. McDonald. Yeah, if transferred. you remember, he had a seizure on the sideline of Alabama's national championship game. Had that on the field, so a very scary moment. But for a team that has no James Wiggins and then loses your next safety, yeah. uh, Ohio State really... Took really advantage. capitalized on that. And then the other side of the ball, Michael Warren rushed the ball 10 times for 15 yards. Yeah, and... and Des Ritter really didn't have time to do let, much. Let, let's go back to the Michael Warren stuff, because game one, he carried 26 for 92. Yeah. I think I'm doing that off the top of my head against UCLA. And that felt more like, all right, it's game one. UCLA knows about Mike Warren. They're yeah. going to load the box, all of those things. And Des hit some passes because of that. But now how alarmed are you now two games in? They really haven't got this running game yeah. on track, and that's what this team was all about last year. Well, it was all about last year, and then coming into this year, it was going to be the four-headed monster right. of McClellan and Dokes and Tavion Thomas and Warren. You lose McClellan. You don't have Dokes right now. Uh, Tavion Thomas got minimal carries, and when he did, he fumbled going into the end zone there at the end. And it just seemed like Michael Warren up front, that was the question. It wasn't so much the running backs. It was the offensive line right. was the question, and they – you know, they, they pulled Lorenz Metz, the, the left tackle, midway through that game because he wasn't getting the job done. So I think that's a a viable concern going forward uh, because Ohio State was able to dominate up front. We weren't able to protect long enough for any shots down the field other than one to Alec Pierce. So they took away what UC wants to do, which is run, play action pass, and get the ball out quick. When you're not able to do that, and now you turn the page and say, okay, rivalry game go to Marshall, who gave Boise all they can handle, 14-7 to at Boise State. Uh, at Houston, you still got to go to Memphis this year. That's a tough road to hoe for a team who, look, and, and Luke Fickle was, to me, great after the game. He said, we just got, we got whooped. They beat us in every aspect. It's embarrassing. Not a lot of guys have ever lost like that. It was UC's uh, first shutout since 05. It wow. was the worst loss since 04, the Louisville game where they stomped on the Cardinal oh, yeah. and got beat 70-7. Yep. to Yep. I mean, that's a historically bad loss that just happened in, in Columbus. So now you get to see what you have because, I mean, it's been over a decade since Miami's held the victory bell. They're hungry. Chuck Martin needs to win this game. Uh, and then you got a, a tough road after that. So everything's still ahead of you if you're the Bearcats. You can still win a conference championship. Uh, you can still get to where you want to go. But you, you got to kind of stop the bleeding right now. Yeah, I think you can compartmentalize this as a fan, as a player, as a coach, I would think of – hey, we probably weren't going to beat Ohio State anyway. Right. The way you lost certainly yeah. raises a bunch of red flags. That that part I'll give you. But if you compartmentalize it like that of, hey, I, I thought they had a puncher's chance. I think yep. if you play that game again, I still give UC a puncher's chance. Uh, but they got dominated, and Ohio State was right. clearly the superior team. But this wasn't a game, I think, when you went down the schedule as a fan. Right. went, oh, I'll that's win, a win. win. No, win, no, win, that, no. This, this was an absolute loss right. that you put down. But I think the frame of you saying, or the way you're talking about it is, you do have to put it behind you. Mm-hmm. You can't let it linger to Miami because if it lingers to Miami, it gets a whole lot tougher right. after that. I watched the Marshall game on Friday night. Yeah. Now, they struggled offensively with yeah. Boise, but that was a Boise team that, that is good offensively. Yeah. And I, I, they they're, did what they wanted against Florida State. Yes, they did. And they did, did what they wanted at times against Marshall, but then Marshall made some plays. Yeah. And again, to go to Boise and lose 14-7 to seven yeah. shows me that Marshall's got, got enough to, to beat a Cincinnati. And that's going to be... At Marshall. At, at Huntington, yeah. And, and again, you said you go down the schedule. Yeah, Ohio State was a loss. But to me, there's kind of three of those hinge games, and that is yes. well, four. Marshall, UCF, Houston, and Memphis. 
that I think could go either way. Yeah, and you can't you lose get, yeah. this game. And right. you know, Miami played. I thought played. I watched the the, the Iowa game. You, you throw everything out of it because it, yes. it's always going to be a close game. Yes. It always feels like it's going to be a close. But game. I think for for Miami, they they have the confidence of hey, we went to Iowa and stood toe to toe for two and a half, right. three quarters. Um, got away from them at the end, and that usually is what happens when a Mac school plays a bigger yeah. school, um, plays a Power Five school, well, and, and then they just still. beat beat the crap out of a Tennessee Tech team that they should yeah. have, but they beat them the way you're supposed to you, beat them. We, you see, beat UCLA twenty four to fourteen, and UCLA, UCLA lost their home opener to San Diego State by nine, and the same issues were there. Quarterback right. play, so couldn't, couldn't get much going what, offensively. What do we really know about this team after two weeks? That's a great question. I don't think I don't think we do. That's a great question. What What confuses me. Is Ohio State dominates every aspect of the game and they drop in the polls? I don't know how that was possible. I think it was more what, what LSU, LSU did, did going to Texas. I think that, and I, I think that's sometimes I, I get that. It's not. I don't think it's not. You know, look, if Ohio State keeps taking care of business, well, they're going to be in the mix. I'm extremely impressed with Coach Day, and they have a one-two punch that not a lot of teams have. Justin Fields. The, okay, so you were there on. You were there on, on in person. I've seen Justin Fields in person at Georgia yeah. where he didn't throw the ball; he just ran it. I've only seen him now the first two games on TV. Yeah. What did you take away watching him in person? If, if you're an Ohio State fan listening to this, look, they're, they're, they're in love with Justin Fields anyway yeah. already, but as a former quarterback just watching think, him, what did you like? He's got a chance to win a Heisman Trophy. I mean, he's that good. He's accurate with all his passes. He moves in the pocket well. He doesn't – people just think he's this running guy because of what he done at Georgia. Right. He doesn't want to run. He'll run but when he, he has to. And when he needs to, he runs, and he's really good at it. Uh, but he understands that he has guys to hand the ball off to that are more than capable to, to handle that workload and become a passer. And I think he's got a great balance. Coach Day is going to do a great job with him. And, again, you have that aspect of a really good running game that makes quarterback and play action and that stuff a lot easier. Yeah, and Ohio State plays its uh, Big Ten opener this week against uh, against Indiana. You know, you, you it's funny. This, is, this was supposed to be the year maybe Michigan finally oh. gets Ohio State. Yikes. But until Michigan can dominate the armies of the world mm-hmm. – I just, I question what 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 goes what what's going on there. Now, look, things have been better under Jim Harbaugh, right? Yep. But they're not. It's not like this. They're not in Ohio State's class yet. Now, Wisconsin might be. They've been yeah. pretty dominant in their first two wins. They haven't been tested, but they might be. I mean, can you off the top of your head tell give me what Harbaugh's best win at Michigan's been? No, that's a great. I, no, I cannot because I can't. No, that's a legitimate question. They beat the teams they're supposed to. Listen, they're. There probably isn't one kid on Army's football team, and I mean this sincerely, and, and those kids, God love their guts and their courage and their heart and all the things that you love about college athletics at the, at the, at the base level. Yep. There's not one kid on Army, I'm going to guess, that Michigan even looked at. Mm-hmm. Not, all, not, not, not offered, I mean even looked at. Right. Right? And you were all out to have to win at home and yeah, be and almost fortunate the, to do so? in the field and going crazy. Like, it just doesn't seem like a team that's ready to win the big game. No. I think the one thing Ohio State, this win showed, because I still think this is a good UC team. I think mm-hmm. it will prove to be a good UC team. I don't. I think if you thought this team was going to go from 11-2 and last year to maybe that team that, oh, could they go 13-0 and right. and be in the – no, that wasn't – I'm sorry, that was not – it's just not going to happen. It may even be a 7-5, and 8-4-ish and four-ish team that goes to a bowl and you have to go, all right, against that schedule this year with some of the things that happened, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. But I think with Ohio State, that win at least made me go, all right, you know what? There's no slippage. They're, they're, yeah. they're going to be back in that, that conversation again. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's much like the, the undefeated Dolphins face every year. You know, until, <laughs> one, until their team loses, 
you know, they still hold that distinction. That's of the correct. Early undefeated regular season. That's correct. So, you know, for the 09 team. Yep, they still take a deep breath. Yeah. We're, we're there good. for another year. You're good. You're good. Uh, but no, it, uh, look, to me, and I know there's no game schedule, I'm, I'm good not playing Ohio State for a while. Because what I enjoy more is like last year going 11 and 2 and just talking. Oh, yes. if we played them this year. Yeah. We got you guys. Yeah. yeah. This year was, I mean, that was like a little dose of reality. So let's let's regroup. Five and years I, and, from now, you want to do it again? And I think Mike Bones done a great job because now we're like Arkansas's on the schedule. I like that. See, Boston I like, College I like is on the schedule. Like, no, yeah. I, I do. I like games like that. Because winnable Power 5 games. And you're getting a chunk of change yeah. for that game, too. UCLA yes. was a winnable Power 5 game. Yes, I like those. I'm all in on that. This they was, got Indiana coming up. Yeah, that's fine. Stuff like, yeah. great. Ohio great State's call. like, there's Power 5 and then there's the elite of yes. the Power 5. And yep. that, that's where they went. I want to get one more question on UC and then we'll move on to college football. You you. UC did have the full fall summer practice to do this, but in the spring they they did insert James Hudson as a starter on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They felt like they were going to get him eligible immediately. That was obviously a big story that yep. they did not, and we can we're not going to argue those. That that's been argued, and I feel for James Hudson. Did they put too much in that that they thought he was going to be eligible? I think did so. they? I think you, and you, I think you saw that because once that ruling came down, it was the mad scramble, scramble at yeah. who was going to play right tackle. And then week one, the two that were battling at right tackle, Lorenz Metz plays left tackle. Chris Ferguson goes back to right tackle. And then in the middle of the Ohio State game, they pull Metz. Metz gets pulled, Ferguson goes to left tackle, and McConnell goes to right tackle. So there is a, there's, you, you have to find we, – we, we just talked about it in segment one with the Bengals. All five linemen played all, every snap together. You've got to find continuity in the offensive line in the game of football. Yeah. All right, big game in the SEC this week. Kentucky uh, hosting Florida. Of course, Kentucky snapped that lengthy losing streak to Florida last year by winning in Gainesville. But they'll have to do it with a new quarterback. Sawyer Smith, who played at Troy last year, who can say, I've completed a pass to an NFL wide receiver who's caught a pass because Damian Willis at Troy last year was Sawyer Smith. So he played with him. I'm going to actually look forward to talk to Damian about Sawyer Smith on on Wednesday when I see him to kind of get the lowdown. I guess... The good part, if there is a good part, because Terry Wilson getting hurt is not a good part, is that it forced Sawyer Smith to get some snaps against Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan actually got back in a game that Kentucky was dominating and really did dominate, but it got a little dicey, and he came in and and kind of played okay, and he ended up 5 of 9 for a handful of yards. I guess the good part for Kentucky is they at least have a quarterback that has played some Division One football. The problem is he's not played SEC football. Yeah. And I'm not going to ask you to, 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 to scout Sawyer Smith because I'm guessing you've never seen him play. Truthfully, I've never seen him play. I do know that, again, he, with Troy was a bowl team. They, they won games. He was, a, he was their quarterback. Um, I, I think, though, Kentucky has shown me in the first two games that defensively they're better than what we thought they were going to be. Now, granted, it's Toledo and Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. I fully get that part of it. Um, Kentucky lost Josh Allen to graduation. That's a huge loss. They lost their entire secondary to graduation. They lost arguably their best defensive back coming into this season to injury before the season even began. Yep. But I thought their defense the first two games acquitted themselves well, and I think offensively they're showing again no Benny Snell, but they've got enough running backs, and the line is good enough to continue to run the ball. We'll know a lot more about this team on, on Saturday. That's what I, was I think you, you, you learn a lot about this team going in. But I still am not sold that this, this is the Florida that I'm, I used to be scared to play. I mean, no. this is the Florida that look. I'm not. I, I mean, Miami. It's Flo- not a 2009 Florida. They, they, they were all out to beat Miami of Florida, which just yep. lost another game, losing at North Carolina, which has had two just crazy wins to start yep. the season for Mac Brown, who's back into coaching, and so good for him to start two and zero the way he started. The win over Miami, it's a nice win. It's a good win for Florida to start the year. It was on a neutral field, but they didn't dominate. Their offensive line wasn't great. 
Um, Franks, I don't know if he's made strides forward. He made that crazy bad throw, you know, with them in the lead through an interception in that game. I, I, I'm very looking forward to the game because it, it, it'll show me where this program yep. is. You, you win this game. You know what you've you've shown now over the last couple of years? You were in the upper tier of that league. You're right. not LSU. You're, you're, not, not, you're, no you're not George. The you're not bottom. Correct. You're no longer a guaranteed win. You are a team that teams have to come in and be fearful and, of. And, and, and frankly, you win that game, you put yourself into maybe another right. showdown with Georgia down the yep. road to win the con- – I don't I, – they're, they're not – look, you would have to have everything go right to beat Georgia on the road if you were Kentucky, and that's a long way down the road. And Kentucky could lose three, four, or five games because Sawyer Smith can't play for all I know. Yeah. But I do I, – I'm intrigued by this game, not because of the quarterback situation, more so I've liked a lot of the things that, that I questioned coming into this year about this football team. Yeah. Now, I think Terry Wilson was making strides forward to – be the quarterback that could win games, and he won this game last year. I mean, he's the one that went to Gainesville, made a couple of huge throws early, got Kentucky on top, and the defense took over from that point. But, you know, Kentucky's a 10-point dog. I I think I'm going to take the points, and and hopefully I don't regret it. Yeah, I I think at this point, until we really know what Florida is, until you know what Kentucky is, it's one of those games where it's at Kentucky, correct? Yes. So you have that opportunity, the home field advantage, raucous crowd. Oh, the crowd's going to be off the chains. I I like going in and just seeing – what this team could be. I watched that, and there's three other games, just because I want to see what these teams are about going in. Uh, Washington State goes to Houston Friday night. I think that's night. a great game. I think that's going to be a really good game, especially seeing what the American Athletic Conference is going to hold. Stanford goes to UCF. Yeah, Stanford's lost. One I, and one. I didn't think USC was great. Yeah. USC's 2-0, and oh, but, boy, I watched a little bit of that game. That, I thought but it was, I think too. It's a, a test to at least see what yes. Wimbush and UCF yeah. is. And then a team that I really want to see, they play Temple, uh, uh, Maryland. Maryland, their what. first two games, they beat Howard 79 Which, which you just like, tossed okay. out the one, yeah. Then they went and beat Syracuse, who was number 21 at the time, 63-20. to 20. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of points in two weeks in college football for Maryland, who just kind of out of nowhere has kind of figured out, okay, I, our offense is going to be... I mentioned to you, I was in LAX watching the UC game, and they actually had two games on it. UC on a big screen on one, and they had... Uh, uh, Syracuse, Maryland yep. on the other, and I kept turning my eyes to that game watching Maryland's offense, and I thought, yep. man, they look like they got some dudes. Yep. Because I think Syracuse is pretty good. Right. And and last year in the AC and this year, Temple is a good defense. I mean, I think they, they allow, it says 211 yards a game right now. Now, that's against, uh, they play Bucknell. Right. So, I mean, that's that's not something to ride home about, but... I mean, you, you get a team that historically is good defensively, and you go to Temple. Let's see what Maryland's all about. I, I mentioned my, my my sleeper team to watch last week. I don't think they're that much of a sleeper, but they're that team, I think, that has a real legit chance to crack the the, the college football playoffs. LSU looks really good. Joe yeah. Burrow looks really, really good. And that's something that LSU has not had, a yep. consistent quarterback who could carry you when you need to be carried. And he did that on Saturday against Texas. Yeah. For the the hard thing for Alabama just schedule what you still got out you still got oh yeah uh, no doubt yeah for LSU you still got Alabama coming down the the pipe and Auburn coming down Auburn the pipe and and you know there's there's a lot of questions going into that so for me I mean I I still I still like the the top four of Bama Clemson Oklahoma and Georgia and Georgia I think Oklahoma though this year I will say this I think because where I'm watching Ohio State and I'm not feeling like Michigan's going to be, I mean, it's still so early. Yep. 
I think Ohio State's going to eventually be in this conversation for one of those teams. I think that Oklahoma, unlike past years, I think this is a year they can't afford a loss. Yeah. I, I just think somebody else is going... I mean, a one-loss LSU if it's the loss to Bama. A one-loss yep. Bama if it's to LSU. Yeah, it certainly feels like the the Auburn is still is, in that kind of mix, I think, because yeah. of the, the win over Oregon. And yep. Oregon had a great bounce back win, beat the living daylights out of Nevada, seventy-seven to or seventy-seven to six, I think it was. Yep. Um, I still think I think it's the top two in Bama and Clemson, and then you're going to see a bunch of shuffling after that as this year goes along. Yeah. And for Oklahoma, it's been they've always had that one loss, and you think they're out of it, and they find their way back in it. I think this is a year Oklahoma can't afford that. I just yep. don't think they can. I'm with you. I agree. All right. All right, great stuff as always, Tony. Appreciate awesome. it very much, man. We will do this again next week. Oh, one more thing. Yes. Can we stop this whole Nebraska's back thing? They <laughs> lose to Colorado. They were anointed before the season even started because of Scott Frost. Long way to go still for well, Nebraska. The thing is, they did not play great in week one against South Alabama. Right. And then this past week, looked like it was going to be a great win at Colorado, right? Yep. Up, dominant. Uh-huh. And Colorado bounces back to win that game and, and wins it in overtime. And part of it is Nebraska doesn't have a kicker. Yeah. I mean, they can't kick for anything. But right. I agree with you. We will stop that train. It stopped itself for, yep, it's for the most part. It's done. All right. Our thanks to James Rapine for checking in from the dead. Because this is... The James Rapine Memorial Studio, but somehow he checked in. We do appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. We will hopefully do that again with him when the Browns are sitting at 1-5 and five and John Ross has gotten hurt and not playing. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen for John because John had a great week yes. one, and that was that was great for him. Now uh, do it consistently. That's exactly right. For executive producer Rob Ebel, he's Tony Pike. I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and your friends at ESP Media.